Let's turn to Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> Last time we started on this, we certainly didn't get it finished. We covered to verse 6. Um, <clears throat> back in chapter 16, it's spoken of there where the city of Babylon in verse 19, the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And that verse is expanded in chapter 17 and chapter 18. Babylon's come into remembrance before God. This religious political system that has been in development for 4,000 years at least. After Noah and the flood, for 400 or so years after, Nimrod built the Tower of Babel. And so this system Satan has been getting together and concocting for all that time with the help and aid of men uh, and evil men. This is a religious political system. So in chapter 17, it deals with that. And chapter 18 deals with economic Babylon. We've looked already at verses 1 to 6, as I said. And in the outline you've got there, uh, the Babylonian harlot is described in these verses. We noticed her control. She sitteth upon many waters, according to verse 15. Many waters. That is, many nations. And so really it's not a religious system, but it's a political system, but with the guise of religion. Having a form of godliness, as Timothy says, but denying the power of it. So her control, we looked at her corruption, verse 2, the seduction of this system. It is the entire world that is involved. The kings of the earth have committed fornication. And we said there, this religious system's in bed with a political system. And that really, in the church age, started with Constantine. If you know church history, he's the one that put the church into authority from persecution. Almost one day, one week, and the next week, the, the bishops and that were in authority. And so we see her corruption, her compromise, is, was verse 3. And... Uh, the woman sitting on the scarlet-coloured beast. I believe it's over in Brussels that outside of that place there is a beast with a woman sitting on it with all the stars, the ten stars around her. I mean, they're not Christians. <laughs> and they've got that symbol over there. I've seen a picture of it quite a few years ago that, uh, that it's there. But we see the compromise. A woman riding the beast. And uh, as I mentioned last time, there's several books. There's one extra here I didn't. But a woman rides the beast. That's a whole, about just a few verses here. So that's one that uh, you could, ha ha that's been written a few years ago that you could read to expand that. Full of names of blasphemy as it's written in verse 3. Her compromise, her costliness, and her carnality in verse 4. Arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked, bedecked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Um, it's not my house. <laughs> I don't know if it's your house, probably not, but it is this religious system. 
that's described here. The costliness and her carnality. And for a book on that one, The Vatican Billions, if you want to read about that. And uh, <clears throat> just this week, there was an article come up, and it's in relation to the, the problem with the Catholic Church and the abuse of children. The Catholic Church's massive wealth revealed. I just pressed a button and it copied it for me. <laughs> or oh, a few buttons. I'm, le I'm learning, yeah. <laughs> I was wandering around for a while. <laughs> it said print and then it has a silly little icon that you have to know the icons, don't you? What does that mean? Oh, the print. Anyway. <laughs> the Catholic Church's wealth in Australia, tens of billions of dollars. This is Australia only making one of the country's biggest and non-government property owners and massively wealthier than it has claimed in evidence to major inquiries into the child sex abuse. This is a non-Christian. This is in the Sydney Morning Herald, actually. Has found that the church misled the Royal Commission into institutional response to child sex abuse by grossly undervaluing its property treasures in New South Wales and Victoria. Why would they do that <laughs> when they're being inquired about? Because if they say, we're so wealthy, look, billions of dollars, we can, sort, we can give you 100 billion. No, <laughs> they don't want. And through the article, it tells you, goes on for some pages, <clears throat> that they, they gave to the commission the prices in 1890 so that it looked like they didn't own much. Deceitful, right to the last degree. And <clears throat> it reads on there, they've led, misled the Royal Commission and the whole purpose of misleading was that they didn't have to pay much out. And the average amount that they paid out to these people who have been abused in their institutions is minimal. And so <clears throat> the Vatican billions, and as we covered last time, who's the biggest landowner in the world? the Catholic Church. They own 179 million acres. And uh, the closest to that is an Inuit people of Canada, 78 million, not even half that, and the richest one, or the, the one that owns the most, Gina Reinhardt, 27 million in Australia. So they own so much. They are wealthy. They are decked with gold and silver and precious stones and sit as a king in royal robes, as that verse tells us in uh, verse 3. A scarlet-coloured woman be decked in verse 4, sorry, with gold and silver. Her costliness and her carnality is seen in that. Um, <clears throat> we went to the next verse 5. Her caption, what is put over her. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. When you say the mother of, that's the, the initiator, the one that does these things, the beginner of these things. So this Mystery Babylon, mother of harlots. Um, <clears throat> this system, the mother of harlots. And if you want to, it's an older book, but it's still up to date. The Two Babylons, the Two Babylons by Hissop. And that's been around for some time. And I've read all these books in the past. I need to read them again to capture, catch up at time. Well, when I retire, <laughs> I get the time to read some of those, those books there. So the caption is there. <clears throat> and many of the things that churches traditionally follow, you find in that book. 
Now, we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> and say we're going to stop celebrating Christmas and stop celebrating Easter because Christ was born and he did die, didn't he? And uh, we've nailed down pretty Easter is on that and Easter is used in the New Testament. The word is there in the New Testament. And uh, <clears throat> so we celebrate these things according to truth, <laughs> not according to tradition. And we noticed her cruelty in verse 6. Drunk with the blood of the saints. Drunk with the blood of the saints. And if you want to read about that, uh, that's faded. <laughs> it's supposed to be purple, it's green. But Fox's Book of Martyrs. Don't read it before you go to bed. <laughs> because you, it's horrific of what's contained in that book. And so there's... Oops, plenty of things and most of these are probably on the internet and you can read them if you don't want to buy them off, off the uh, internet there or sit down in front of a screen and do that. The, the cruelty, millions and millions of people have died at the hands of this harlot system. As we get toward the end of this study today, hopefully finishing um, chapter 17, we'll make some statements about why we are separate why we need to remain separate. Personal separation and ecclesiastical separation is important in our lives. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless the thoughts, the understanding of it. Give us and grant us that as we look at it today for your glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> we go to the second point for the Babylonian harlot described to the Babylonian system delineated or described as well again in verses... Um, 7 to 15 we see the beast is described delineated or just um, <laughs> expounded for us here in these verses and verse 8 the beast that thou sawest was and he's not now where was the beast it was on the or under the harlot the harlot that <laughs> reminds me a bit of a bull ride isn't it <laughs> You've got the beast with the harlot on it, but it's no circus and it's no game. This is for real. And the beast thou sawest was, is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and dwell. they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names are not written in the book of life. Unsaved people will wonder when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And so we see the reference to the miracle of Antichrist's death, as it were, and resurrection. Whether it's his death and resurrection is real or faked, it doesn't matter. And they can fake it today with all the technology they have. But the result will be the same. Most of the lost people of the world will believe the miracle and will follow Antichrist. And so we see the advent of the beast, whence he came. This speaks of an emperor, not an empire. And, and the, both are spoken of in this chapter. As we get to verse 10, we'll see that. But the emperor, the one who reigns over the empire. And <clears throat> whence the beast came. <laughs> and he came, as it were, to prominence through a miracle of resurrection. You know, why doesn't Satan have some original thoughts? He has to copy what the Lord has done. And that's what he's doing here. Christ rose from the dead. Did everyone believe? 
No. <laughs> they tried to cover the fact, even though they knew it had happened, the Pharisees tried to lie, said, said to the Roman soldiers, go out and say this happened. A complete fabricated lie. But it, the devil is that way and he's copying here. Why the beast came is seen in the last part of verse 18. To deceive them that dwell on the face of the whole world. We can see deception happening on a global scale even today. And people are taken in by it, aren't they? Global warming, all the things that try to explain away what God is preparing for the world. God is going to do it. It's not mankind doing it. God is going to do it. Uh, <clears throat> if we turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and just, just read a, f a few verses here at why the beast comes to deceive the world, to gain popularity, to gain prominence, to be in a position of political influence over the entire world. And the world falls for it. Even the Jews fall for it. Hmm. They sign a deal, as in the Old Testament it speaks of it, as being a deal with hell. A deal with hell, and that is to sign a peace pact for seven years with the devil, devil's man, Antichrist. And we read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you <laughs> for by, by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition if you go down to verse 6 and now ye know that he what withholdeth that he that is the son of perdition or the man of sin might be revealed in his time for the mystery of iniquity does already work satan is already working some people say satan is being bound uh, that they need their eyes open to what he's really up to only he who letteth will continue to let until he be taken out of the way. So somebody's hindering Satan, Satan's man from being revealed. He that letteth. And we believe that to be the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Then shall the wicked one be revealed when they who are indwelt by the Spirit are taken out go to heaven in other words and verse 9 even him who's coming after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and I think we need to look at that and consider what's happened in our world since about 1900 lying wonders power and signs do we have a movement in the world in religious circles that's called just that the signs and wonders movement. The miracle people so said. Folks, don't be deceived. You see, the deception's already happening. It's on a roll. And people really believe it. You know, I don't like saying this, but on your TV, 24 hours a day, you have a man called Jimmy Swaggart. He's from, from yesteryear. Couldn't believe once I rolled through. And here he was going 24 hours a day. And a lot of the things he says is right. But what he says, when he says it wrong, he says it really wrong. <laughs> and uh, it's about miracles and performing healings and, and speaking in tongues and all the other things that go along with that, the signs and wonders. This 
Antichrist will deceive the world through doing that and through doing a supposed miracle of death and resurrection. With all deceivable and with all deceivableness in verse 10 of Thessalonians 2 of unrighteousness. In them that perish, the unsaved people, that's exactly what Revelation is telling us, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They rejected the truth and God has blinded their eyes and they believed the lie. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe that lie. That they might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Folks, if we reject God's truth, we are open to the deception of the devil's way, the antichrist way. Don't be deceived. Don't have the, uh, uh, don't be hoodwinked. Don't have the blinders pulled over your eyes so you cannot see spiritual truth. And so we go back to Revelation chapter 17. <coughs> we see, have seen whence he come from doing a miracle and rises to prominence. Why the beast came to deceive the world. Where the beast come from in verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Now the woman and the beast tied together, but comes from the European area. The city of seven hills. And people know the city of seven hills is Rome. <laughs> That's a, a matter of historical fact. It's referred to that way back early. The beast power will initially be in Rome with the religious system. But we know, according to Daniel and other, other revelations, that it will eventually move to where? To Jerusalem, to Israel, because he is down there doing what he does in the Middle East. And it says this, the kings of the south push at him and the kings of the north push at him and so forth in the scriptures there. And so <clears throat> we see from where he comes, from the city of Seven Hills, um, EEC, European Economic Community, <laughs> I believe the revived Roman Empire. And as I said earlier, this is some, some bull and some rider on it, isn't it? I, <laughs> I don't know for the life of me while men, why men get on a wild bull, provoked bull, and ride out into an arena like they do. And they have the bull run over in Sp Spain. Spain, yeah. And the bull. Why would you ride a wild bull like that with horns? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But really, this religious system is riding the political system to power. Why do people want that in their lives? Why do religious people want power? because they're unsaved religious people. They want prominence. Why does Mr. Putin want power? Why do the leaders of the world want power? Ego, pride, arrogance, like Nebuchadnezzar. And so the religious system wants control over people, wants power over people. Now <clears throat> we go down to verse 10. When the beast comes, and it reads, and there were seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he is come, he must continue a short space. So put your thinking caps on. In fact, for those tomorrow night who are doing the quiz, know this. <laughs> because 
Okay, it's on there. <laughs> well, the, the empires he covered at the time last Monday evening. There are seven kings, seven empires. Now, some people interpret this as being the emperors. I believe it's the empires. There are seven kings, and either fits well. <laughs> five are fallen. Now, if you stood when John was in his day, five empires are fallen. If you knew any history at that time, you would, you'd be able to say, Brother Frank, what's the first one? Your relatives live there. Egypt, thank you. <laughs> Egypt. And then the next one? Assyria. Assyria. The Assyrian Empire. And after that, and this is where we pick up in Daniel. This is the vision he had. He had it twice. Babylon, the head of gold. And then the silver, the Greeks. Oh, Medes and Persians, sorry. The Medes and Persians. <laughs> Greeks. And then the Romans. And we've been covering that. And in John's day, who was in power? In the Lord's day, who was in power? Who was over Jerusalem? The Romans. And so look at it from John's day. Seven kings, five are fallen. That's the Egypt, Assyrian, Babylon, Medo-Persian and Grecian. One is Roman and the other is not yet come. It's future from John's day. And when he cometh, and you can see the man in the book of Daniel, the head, the breast, the thighs, and in the book of Daniel, it talked about the toes, part iron, part clay, a mixture. And it had ten toes. We have ten kings. It all ties together with the book of Daniel as you look at these things. Um, <clears throat> when he cometh, he must continue a short space. It's not going to be long that this happens. And the beast that was and is not, that's the one that died and was raised again we just read of even he is the eighth and is of the seventh so in the future when there are ten kings there is going to come one that is of the ten but he and he continues with them for a short space that's what it's about he is the eighth i hope i didn't confuse you that it's easy to see just write those empires above there and and write them down and understand what this is talking about so seven great world empires that would exist when you think of it there's not much is there <laughs> from creation to the flood 1600 years 400 years thereabouts to Nimrod the formation of the Tower of Babel and then from that time or from 4,000 years till now and in the future there's going to come some empires but then as Daniel pitches it and points out when that image of a man is upon his feet, Daniel saw something happen to it. What happened to it? There was a stone cut out of the mountain without hands, cast at the image of the, the empires and decimated them as the chaff of the summer threshing floor, disseminated them all around the world and the wind blew them away. Hey, the empires of this world are going to be blown away when Jesus comes. And, he, and that stone will fill the whole earth, cut out without hands by the hand of God to have his kingdom on this world as he promised and promises in Revelation. I think the big picture is easy to see. When you've got that framework, and it's also given in Daniel 7, not only in Daniel 2 about the man, it's given in the form of a, a lion, a bear, a, a leopard, 
and a terrible beast. And that terrible beast has ten horns. <laughs> it's all ties together in these things. When you understand that, as you read the scriptures, yeah, this period, that period, prophetical scriptures I'm referring to in that. <clears throat> so that's when the beast comes. Now, where the beast fits in, verse 11, and the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. And we've already really covered that where he fits in. And is of the seventh. He, he comes up. In fact, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 8 to 12, you see that he rises and he wipes out three of the ten and takes their position in, in that. And he's of the, the ten, but he's the eighth. <coughs> uh, well, of the seventh empire, but takes off three of those ten kings. And goeth into perdition. And it's interesting. Goeth into perdition. Perdition means utter destruction. When Antichrist comes and does his thing and takes over the world and takes control and egotistical, devil-possessed man, when he is wiped out by the Lord Jesus coming in Revelation 19, he goes into perdition. That's it. He doesn't come back again. Satan does, but just for a short time, but not the Antichrist. Um, <clears throat> I think someone else was named the son of perdition too. <laughs> Remember back in the Lord's day? Judas. Judas. He's gone into perdition. Not coming back. Utter destruction. And then we see the benefactors delineated in verses 12 to 13. <clears throat> and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings. I don't think we can mistake what this is saying, can we? <laughs> who have received no kingdom as yet in John's day and still as yet, they haven't, but receive power as kings one hour. One, how would you like to reign just for one hour? Not much, is it? When I think of the Babylonian Empire, he didn't reign for long, but he did a lot. In 70 years, the Empire of Babylon was in existence. The others went for a lot longer, hundreds of years. Roman Empire went for the longest and when it's still going to come back in its uh, remade form. Revive Roman Empire. But <clears throat> one hour with the beast. That's their popularity. So, <laughs> Satan cannot hold it together, as it were, for one hour. You see, the Lord talked about the hour of temptation that will come upon the world to try all them that dwell upon the earth. The hour of tribulation. The hour the time of Jacob's trouble. The time when we think it's bad now. You know, you have warnings like just read some yesterday. China and Russia building up their armed forces as fast as they can. You know, why do it? Well, God has a plan and they're fulfilling it even though they don't recognize God. God is all powerful and able to bring these things to pass. Uh, <clears throat> We could bring a lot of pub, things that are currently happening in, but we won't. The benefactors delineated here. These two verses in verses 12, uh, 12 and 13 refer to ten kings who give their allegiance to the power of Antichrist. In return, he gives them great power and authority. And these, th these kings are wholly committed to the reign of Antichrist. They're given a kingdom, but their reign is short. Very, very short. One hour with 
And in, in, even in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, it indicates a shortness of time. Uh, <clears throat> back, back into Matthew, I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking tonight, Revelation and chapter 4, I mean chapter 17. We come upon their desolation and how they're delineated here and this description goes on. I just missed the page, here it is. <laughs> As we mentioned in our studies previous, the nations of this world under the direction of Antichrist and his kings will gather at the Battle of Armageddon back in chapter 16 and other chapters. They're going to fight a losing battle. <laughs> These, in verse 14, shall make war with the Lamb. So the battle delineated here, make war with the Lamb and shall over, he shall overcome them for he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now, it's said if you're going to pick a fight, you pick a fight with someone you're going to beat. <laughs> you can go back to your school days. Did anyone ever pick a fight with you? You're lucky if they didn't. <laughs> but I remember his surname was Brooks. He was just a mean kid. And he picked a fight with everyone. He was a, a school bully. He was so brazen that he picked a fight with me I didn't fight back, I just backed off. Right outside the principal and teacher's dining room. And they didn't come to my rescue. <laughs> so any school teachers here, come to the rescue of the poor kid getting beat up. And uh, anyway... <laughs> Sorry? He <laughs> comes to the teacher's rescue. <laughs> but here is the old devil... Yeah, yeah, this is why he, he so, you can see he's so twisted in his thinking, thinks that he can win a fight with the Lord, a fight with the Lamb. He, he knows he's only a created being. He's already picked a fight, as it were, back there when he left and took all the other angels and they become fallen angels from that point. He picked it at the temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4. But here again, he's picking a, a fight with the lamb. He's going to lose. God is the creator. He's only like a speck. God fills the universe. And he makes war with the lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them. That is, the Antichrist and the ten kings. He will win the victory. And it's given in Revelation. It's given in Matthew, Revelation 19. Matthew chapter 24 and 25. And he, the Lord Jesus, will destroy Satan and his armies with the word of his mouth, that it goes, goes forth, forth from his mouth. <clears throat> Notice also with the Lamb who overcomes this onslaught in Armageddon is others. They that are with him are called chosen and faithful. <laughs> Are you with the Lamb? He is the one that's going to win the victory. This is the ones that are called chosen and faithful. These are believers that are with the Lamb. 
where has the lamb been? Where is the lamb coming from to come to Armageddon? Heaven. They're coming with him. That means they're not on earth. They're being in heaven. How did they get there? When did they go there? When did this, these chosen and faithful people go there? In the rapture, of course. Revelation 19, let's look at this. It's important to comprehend it. In verse 14, the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And fine linen is what? The righteousness of saints. So there in verse 14 of chapter 19, the armies that were in heaven followed him, followed the lamb. We will be at this battle. We will be following the lamb. As it went on, white horses. I've never had a white horse. First white horse I'll have will be this one. I don't know that we'll be riding with our husbands and wives. We'll just be riding. <laughs> white horse. We won't do the fighting. He will do it. He will win the battle. Not us, but we'll be there to observe and uh, shout for victory of the Lamb. We will watch the Lamb do battle and praise him and glorify him for it. Let's turn to Jude and verse 14. And we're turning to these because I want you to mark off with him. We come with him. If we come with him, we've gone to be with him at some time. Have we not? Jude verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam. There is a book called Enoch, but it's not in the scriptures. <laughs> Historical writings prophesied of these things saying behold the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints did you see something there too the same as Revelation chapter 4 and verse 14 with 10,000s of his not thousand thousands of his saints believers people that are already in heaven Christians with redeemed bodies come with him on this occasion 10,000s of them and thousands of thousands, as it mentions in Revelation. If you go to First Thessalonians chapter three and verse thirteen. First Thessalonians three thirteen. <clears throat> and we read there to the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even the Father of even the Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, what does it say? With him, or with all the saints. With all the saints. We come with him because we've gone before to be with him. And Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4. Uh, verse four 3 and verse 4 again, we read there. For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear, what? With him in glory. And this shows there is a pre-tribulational rapture. It shows that we are coming with him when he comes in glory and power to defeat the Antichrist, all the kings of the world that are gathered together against him, with him. And let's go back to Revelation now, chapter 17 and verse 16 and 17. We've really covered verse 15, 
tied that with the earlier study. The woman, uh, he said unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the, the whore, the woman sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and, and tongues. She, the woman, is over these. And in verse 16, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, shall, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her tongue desolate, Make her tongue. Where did I get that from? Make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The Babylonian harlot decimated. This is the third point of this, for this message. The Babylonian harlot is decimated. The reality of the harlot's decimation in verse 16. After the Antichrist and his minions use the harlot to achieve power, to rise to prominence over all the world over all nations they will turn on her when they have reached the pinnacle of success they have no more need of this religious system they turn on the harlot and totally destroy her and all God's people said and all God's people said amen. that's better <laughs> you're, you're awake <laughs> amen to the destruction of this harlot system Let's notice verse 16, just chopping it up a little and dividing it up. Detested by the kings, they hate her. Desolated by the kings, they make her desolate. Disgraced by the kings, they make her naked. They reveal what she really is. I think if with this, look into all the, their past and the priests and the bishops and the things that they've done, they're making the church naked before the world, aren't they? This is what it's really like. Look at it. They're trying to hide the millions of dollars they've got so they don't give money. And you know the threat that the Catholic Church used not to give money out? They said, we will not be able to keep our social programs up if, you, if we start making large payouts to people who we, our people have affected. That's what they said. That's how they try to excuse themselves. And this is why the Herald Sun in Canberra looked into it. Well, how much have you got? Well, you've given very little in relation to that. People see. People have been turned away from God because they say, look at Christianity. They say Catholic Christianity. Look what they've done. And people don't want to know about that. And <clears throat> they've done that with Barnaby Joyce this week, haven't they? He stood up against same-sex marriage. Yet at the time he was doing that, he was in bed with a woman. That's, and they've used that. The, the non-Christians have said, well, you know, hypocrite. I don't know where Barnaby stands in relation to his salvation. I don't know. Well, being saved, I haven't ever heard of that. But you see how people pick it. Unsaved people love to pick on. Oh, look at that. That's Christian. I want nothing to do with it. We're better behaved than that. It happened at Corinth. The unsaved people said to the Corinthian church, we don't even do what you're doing in the church. How can you call yourself Christian? But the reality of a decimation is seen there. <clears throat> Devoured, destroyed by the kings, burnt. Burned her with fire. Huh, a church burning day. I don't know if it'll be literal whether there's a church burning day. Where they go around, burn all the churches down. And whether it's, I think it's all of the churches. With all of the artifacts. If they're not destroyed then, they'll be destroyed in the great earthquake at the end anyway. <laughs> But burned with fire. In verse 17, For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will and to, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words 
of God shall be fulfilled. <laughs> the reason for the harlot's decimation, Antichrist and his followers don't seem to know it, even though it's written black and white like we have it here, that they're doing God's will in destroying this harlot system, this religious system. The one who puts it in their hearts to do it is the Lord <laughs> to destroy this system. God uses these wicked men to carry out his will against false religion. Now, <clears throat> God says he hates a few things in the scripture. God hates. You say, how God hates. <laughs> God hates divorce. It's in scripture. God hates this system, this religious system. Christians, we Christians ought to what? Hate what God hates and love what God loves. If you hate something, you're not going to go along with it. You're not going to participate in it. You're not going to contribute to it. Question is, is this religious system beginning to take shape now? It is. Question is, are you helping it? I get a lot of invitations to help it along its way. Come and join with us. Come and join with us. It sounds like the, was it Nehemiah back there? Sanballat? Come and have a talk with us. Come and dialogue with us. Come and join your youth group over and over again. They must know about our youth group, Bernie. Be careful. <laughs> Come and join with our youth group. Oh, they, they did that up at the actual play you, where you play your games up there. There was one group there that just come in and took over when we've had it for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, wanted just Well, just join in together. <laughs> the invitation's there, but it's not going to be taken up because we hate what God hates. You see, folks, this is why, as I've said it before and said it again, we're independent fellowship, independent Baptist church. We do not participate with those that want to form this one world church that's coming into being now, breaking all barriers down and just love everybody and love covers a multitude of wrong doctrine and we can all work together hand in hand. No, we can't. We have to separate. This is why. This is the end of it all. And do you want to be seen by God to be working with people that are against God, that are antichrist in the antichrist way. No, not if you're a true believer of the Lord. And so this is the reason for the, the harlot's destruction is because the kings see her hypocrisy and God puts it in their heart to wipe them out. And God hates false religion and he's always hated it and always will. You see, this system of breaking down doctrine that's coming into all denominations, none are immune to it, is the way the devil is weakening the message of salvation. People will say, well, we're getting a crowd. You know, we use the music. We get a crowd. Yes, but what have you given up to get the crowd? Truth. Truth. Doctrine. And you can't do that because event right then you might get a crowd, but where do the crowd end up? How do the crowd behave in church? The crowd comes and goes. It's not according to the crowd we preach. It's according to the truth of the gospel we preach the word and behave. And it costs. 
to be separate. But it's godly to be separate from those who don't believe the truth. Tradition, ritual, all these things. God hates false worship. The prominence of the liturgy over the word of God. God hates false religion and he will decimate it and allow it to be done in as it is written here. And we read there, <clears throat> they fulfilled the words of God in verse 17, then verse 18, and the woman whom thou sawest is the great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. The woman that's riding the beast back earlier, and we, we, we've already talked about this verse, but <clears throat> that's, that's the city of Rome, the city on seven hills, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And if this is true, well, and it is, <laughs> the massive wealth revealed, and they, I think they come up with 30 billion very conservative estimates in Australia of the wealth of the Catholic Church. That's just a week ago. They put, if that is true, decisions that are made in our government, there are strings being pulled. I remember when Mr. Pell is over in Rome as the head honcho for the money of the Catholic Church. He said, no, I'm too sick to come back. But then they got him back. He's back here now, is he not? Back here now to face the courts. And some other things have come up and some people have come forward, whether true or false, we, God knows, that said he, he's the one that's done it as well. You know, we'll see whose strings are pulled as to whether he gets off the hook. But they have great influence. Barnaby Joyce, did you hear it this week? He trained in a Catholic system. I thought, oh, I had another one. Tony Abbott, trained in the Catholic system. I mean, praise God that he's got them in government that they might push a conservative stance on a lot of things. And God knows that. But are they pulling influence and pulling rank in our government for the Catholic system, the harlot that's riding the beast, even in our country and around the globe. I believe it's so, and it's not seen by us as much. The media is covering it up. So <clears throat> praise God that we hate what he hates, but it's, he's going to win the victory, the Lord Jesus, is he not? Um, Maranatha, we say, even so, come Lord Jesus. This will pave the way for the Lord's coming as the rock cut out without hands to smite the empires and the last one, Satan the eighth, in his man Antichrist, which is of the seven, and he's going to win the victory. What about you today? You see, man is a religious creature. He will worship. He will worship money. He will worship power. He will worship politics. Um, <clears throat> Other, he'll get into anything but to worship God it seems no he'll worship evolution you know David Attenborough there was a thing on last night yes I watched it <laughs> did you too <laughs> but it was about the blue planet wonderful photography miraculous things happening all around the world but attributed to evolution <laughs> you know just Turn the sound off and enjoy the, enjoy the scenery. 
but one day he's going to stand before God. You see, he, he, he almost worships the creature, Romans 1, more than the creator. He doesn't have any time for the creator. He's very well spoken the way he puts things and, and uh, dramatizes and, you know, you can get, oh, wow, yeah. But then always say, God did it. God designed those funny looking creatures down under the sea. Did you see that, guy, that thing that had all these pads, like fluffy pads, and into the middle of it, and then another foot come up, and another. You know, God has a sense of humour when you see it in creation. But these people worship the created, not or the creature, not the creator. Who are you worshipping? Who is going to win the victory? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Do you believe that he came, he died, he paid the price for your salvation? Shed his blood that you might have life. If you do and have confessed him as Lord and Saviour, you're on the Lamb's side. You'll be on the horse behind the Lamb that come with him. If you're unsaved, you'll go through the tribulation, most likely to be, be deceived by the Antichrist if it happens in our life, in our lifetime, and had a terrible end that Satan has as well. Do you believe? Do you trust the Lord? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It's all about the Lord Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other but the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 8, 24, I said, Therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, if ye believe not that I am he. Ye shall die in your sins. Won't you believe today while the Spirit strives with your heart? And as Christians, determine to take a stand for ecclesiastical and personal separation from the world and separation from this system. I want nothing to do with it. God hates it. I hate it. It's going to be decimated. I'm not giving a penny toward it. And I've been taught this since I was only a, before I was a teenager. Don't have to do with it. Because you will, will have to give an account to God for so doing. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God laid down here in scripture a revelation given to an old man breaking rocks on Patmos praise God that he went there praise God for this revelation and Lord being not ignorant of what's going on we now are accountable for what we participate in Our Lord make us make careful choices Help us to make them. And if there's an unsaved person here today, Lord, their choice is salvation through the, Lord, the Lamb, through the Lord Jesus Christ. May they believe and trust and receive life eternal. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>